Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to a message to go from X Church. We hope this message will light up your day. I just want to share from um, a portion of scripture. Today's message will be a very, I would say a simple, but I believe that this, I just want to walk in obedience to what the Lord is leading. And I pray that our, um, all our hearts will be open. And I, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to us and, and the Lord also wants to minister to us as well today. Amen. So let us read from Mark chapter 5. So today, I will read from Mark chapter 5. Now, this is a familiar passage of story whereby Jesus was, uh, there was a woman with the issue of blood, okay? So I'm going to read about this story and I believe all of us have heard it before. This story, interestingly, is kyap, no kyap, as in like sandwiched between another story, all right? Of Jairus, right? Jairus, uh, a synagogue leader who came to Jesus when Jesus came to his town, and he asked Jesus to heal his daughter. So we're going to read that. And in the middle of that story, it was interjected by another story, all right? Okay, so we're going to read uh, Mark chapter 5 from verses, verse, verse 21 onwards until verse 30, um, 30, 38. Okay, so... Let's read and I'll give you the, the, the background of the story. Now, when Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. Wow. Even in the request, there was faith, right? By Jairus. So Jesus went with Jairus, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Okay. Verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Amen. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? 
And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? This was Jairus' daughter, right? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, who is Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, we will stop here, okay? Okay, so now, if you read on, there are the further story of Jairus and how Jesus healed Jairus' daughter, okay? So if you read on in uh, Mark chapter 5. Now, before verse 21, I only read from verse 21 onwards, right? Before that, Jesus was in another town and he healed a man who was demon-possessed, okay? And then after that, the people of the town were like, oh, yo, they are like afraid of Jesus and asked Jesus to leave. So Jesus left and Jesus took the boat and went on to the other side. And when he came to the other side, which other side? Whatever side. The other side. And that was when a lot of multitudes started to follow him and throng him. Like there are a lot of people following Jesus. So imagine wherever Jesus went at that time with his disciples, there were many people following him. Right? So many people. So it's not like no people follow Jesus. God, a lot of people. But of course, the Bible highlights certain people, certain stories, all right? Okay, so that was the context. And then Jairus, who was the leader of the synagogue, came and asked Jesus to heal his daughter. And Jesus was, okay, I will go and heal your daughter. So Jesus was following Jairus already. And then suddenly, there was this story about the woman with the issue of blood. So this is where today I will, I will be um, talking about that. Okay, so again, this story wasn't the main story. I feel, if you read on in the chapter, later on, in fact, the story about how Jesus healed Jairus' daughter took bulk of the ch chapter. So this story, just a few verses only. Twin, verse 25 to actually 34 only about the story of this woman. So let's look at this story and see what we can learn from this. And I sense the leading of the Lord and I feel the Lord wants to speak to all of us or maybe some of us in this place. Okay, so in verse 25, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, as we have read, and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had. She was no better, but rather she grew worse. So this woman was in a desperate situ a situation or a condition. Now, her condition in those days, with this issue of blood, right, made her ceremonial and socially unclean, okay? So, in the Jewish um, time, in the Jewish laws, she was called unclean. And if you want to read up a little bit more, why was she unclean or perceived as unclean and hence she cannot stay with her family and with the society, you can read Leviticus chapter 15. So that's where in the law of Moses, it was said that if a woman has that issue of blood and hence she will be considered unclean and anything she sits on or she touches becomes unclean. So that means for 12 years, you know, she has to live as an outcast. I think she was desperate, all right? Okay, so, so if this woman touched anyone, that will make him or her ceremonially unclean. And this uncleanness, right, will mean that they cannot take part in any worship in a temple, all right? So that means she has to be separated from her husband and her children and her family. 
She cannot stay in her own home. She has to be separated from all society. She cannot come in contact with any of her friends. Basically, she was excommunicated from the services of the synagogue and in the woman's court in the temple, she cannot enter that court. Okay? So basically, she's outcast. Alright? Who wants to live an outcast? And hers is not just... 12 days, 12 months, it was 12 years. Gosh, 12 years when I was really thinking about it. Uh, 12 years is exactly the length of time of our Malaysian primary and secondary education, isn't it? Means uh, standard one to form five, my dear friends. Imagine uh, from prep for VA students, prep to year 11. You are outcast. Oh man, I think that's a very long time, right? Okay, so now, going straight into it, right? So this, she was unclean. Now, some of us may be feeling unclean today too, right? Now, she was unclean due to the condition that she had. Some of us may be feeling unclean today, although we don't have this problem. And even if you had this problem, you're not considered unclean today, okay? Okay, so, but some of us may feel unclean today, okay? Now, maybe we feel unworthy due to the sin in our lives, due to the mistakes of our past, due to our failures, or maybe due to some addictions that we have or we know, or maybe failure to change or even start this year right. I don't know how you feel. Okay, maybe some of us might be feeling we are unclean today. Or some of us might be actually unclean, not just feeling unclean. Now, Jesus did not deny that she was unclean. Jesus didn't say, no, 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 you're not unclean. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus did not deny that she was unclean. Okay, Jesus knew she was unclean. Unclean as in in need of a healing in our physical body. So Jesus does not deny, or God doesn't deny our needs. When we need healing in our physical health or our body, and some of us, we do have a physical need today. And we do not need to deny that we need the Lord today. Amen? Amen. And some of us might be in need of a breakthrough, not in our physical health or physical body, but some of us may be in need of a breakthrough in our spiritual health today. And maybe some of us are far away from the Lord or our hearts have grown cold or weary or discouraged, lukewarm, complacent or even tired, even at the start of the new year. Now, I'm just going to be, as I, prepare, as I was preparing, I, I, will, I just want to move in obedience to what the Lord has put on my heart to, to share and to encourage. But again, this message is to encourage us. Wait for the outcome, okay? Okay, so Jesus did not deny that she was unclean. And again, some of us might be feeling unclean today. Again, I say that meaning a need of healing in our bodies or a breakthrough in our spiritual health. And only you know, where you are and where you are at right now in your spiritual walk with the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to you even right now. Amen. So 12 years is a long time, right? As we said, but some of us are suffering under bondage of fear, of sin and unbelief for too long. So this woman has been suffering for too long. Don't you think so? I think it was so long. But I believe God has, a, I mean, there was a reason for it in the Bible for us to learn, right? But some of us, if we think 12 years is too long, let us reflect right now on our own 12 years. Maybe some of us are really in the bondage of fear and sin and unbelief for just far too long. And it's time that the Lord is calling us to come out. Amen? 
Amen. Now, so when we read verses 25 and 26, this woman went to the doctors to get better. She tried to help herself. It's not that she did not, right? But she only suffered worse. And not only that, she not only became worse in her body, I mean, she did not get better, the Bible says, she became what? I think she became poorer, so why not? Meaning she spent everything that she had. And in the end, she became poorer. Now, so like the physician also... Now, in Luke, right, chapter 8, we have the same story in Luke chapter 8. And Luke was a physician too, right? And of course, it was mentioned she had spent all her livelihood on physicians. He, being a physician himself, definitely knows how much the bill will cost, isn't it? Okay? And she had spent all that she had and she was not better. So sometimes when we, we feel sick in our soul, not just in our bodies, or in our, in our uh, yeah, we try to find different doctors, right, to help ourselves, okay? And sometimes we spend a lot of time and a lot of money. So us, now we, we definitely know of at least other people, people we know who are either far away from the Lord or they do not know God. They don't have the privilege like you and I to know Jesus. They will try to find an answer, right? Not to, to, to the problems in their lives. And they go to doctor entertainment, maybe, but they find no cure. They try to go to doctor success, but they will realize that it is not the, the solution they're looking for. They may pay a visit to doctor uh, pleasure, doctor self-help, doctor religion, in fact, right? But we know that only Dr. Jesus has the answer for us. Amen? He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. Now, so she has spent everything she had and she rather she grew worse. So sometimes we try to find a natural cure to a spiritual need. But only God, being spiritual, can meet our spiritual needs. Amen? Amen. So let's move on in verse 27 and 28. So we read that she has this issue for 12 years. She tried all that she had. She spent all that she had. Now, again, nothing wrong for us to do what we can, right? But remember, the answer is in the Lord. Amen? So in verse 27 and 28, let's read it again. When she, so what happened after that? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him. Now, I do not know whether you wonder why. I, you probably know why she came behind, right? Him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, I'm not sure where she got that idea from. I'm trying to think. Because I don't think it was recorded even in the laws of Moses that, oh, you touch Jesus' garment and then you get healed. So, I have no idea where she got that idea from. She probably formed, I guess she has been 12 years trying to look for a solution, okay? So she's like, maybe I shall try Jesus, all right? And um, to her, I'm unclean and I'm outcast. The last thing I want is to anyone noticing me coming out of my house, right? So I'm going to sneak behind and I don't think I can be there in front of Jesus and ask him to heal me. So I think, my love, I jury, jury, you know, jury, jury, right? I tau tau, uh, tau tau, huh? Touch him means I try to sneakily touch his garment. Hopefully, but uh, wait first. Uh, she didn't, didn't say hopefully. She said this, if only I shall be made well. She had faith, alright? So that is what I praise the Lord for. She had faith that even if her theor, her her theology was a bit salah, was a bit wrong. Because nowhere in the Bible, anyone taught her, you go and touch the clothes and then you become <laughs> you. Her theology was also a bit off. However, 
she had faith in God, alright? So, so because this woman's condition was really embarrassing in her days, and because she was ceremonially unclean, and she, was, she would be condemned for touching Jesus or even being in a crowd, because to that time, the moment you touch her, you become unclean, no? alright? Okay. So, the only way is to do it secretly. So, she will not dare to openly ask Jesus to be healed. So, now, in the Bible, we have no evidence, like I said again, uh, that Jesus ever healed this way before. Uh, touch my garment, touch my garment and you'll be healed. No, there was no evidence of that. So, it, 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 it does look like some sort of superstition. Uh, oh, I touch this, then I'll be healed. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe. So, again, nevertheless, it doesn't matter where, um, whatever is it, she had faith. All right, she had faith in Jesus. Now, in Matthew, the same uh, story that was repeated in Matthew in 9, it, was, it says that she touched the hem of his garment. Okay, that means the borders of the outer garment of, that all Jews wore. So in those days, you can read up, all the Jewish men, they're supposed to wear this outer garment and got tassels on. Okay, okay, okay. So she touched the hem of his garment. Question to us. When was the last time we heard about Jesus? Now, I read again verse 27. So, the, the scripture here is very simple. She had the issue of 12 for 12 years. She tried everything she could. She got worse. She, she spent everything she had. And in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him. When was the last time we heard about Jesus? I think we just heard about Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> we hear about Jesus every day, right? Hear about Jesus every day. I do not know how many times she got to hear about Jesus. It could just be that one time that she heard about Jesus, but she acted in faith when she heard about Jesus. When was the last time we heard about Jesus? Now, this is to the most of us here, but maybe you are, there's someone new here today Maybe you're not even yet a believer. You're here, you're invited to come and your first time to church. And maybe just for you, you are hearing about Jesus the very first time. Alright? But I think for the most of us, we have heard about Jesus since we were young. Right? Yeah. My next question that I had to ask myself this question or the Lord has asked me this question. All that I've prepared was the questions that the Lord has asked me. Joy, when was the last time you heard about me? And what did you do about it? So the next question, exactly what I just said. What did we do, we, and I say we because it includes me, all this while when we hear about Jesus? What did we do? This woman, I believe, of course it was not said, but I think, I, I feel, I believe, she, wait, she, didn't, she did not know about this Jesus for the past 12 years, Right? And then now she heard about Jesus. What did we do all this while when we hear about Jesus? So very simple. I have no slides today. I only want... But this woman, when she heard about Jesus, she did two things. She came. That was what is stated in verse 27. You can put up the verse, XTV, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came and she touched. Church, what did we do the last time we heard about Jesus? It's something maybe we can ask ourselves. But for this woman, she came and she touched. And that's all it took for her to get her breakthrough. She came and she touched. She came secretly though. She came secretly. She came behind. She came in hiding. She came with fear. She came trembling. She, she was afraid of what others 
or the law might do to her. She, was, she came ashamed of her condition. Is any one of us afraid and ashamed today? Then you are just like the woman. But just like the woman, we can come to the Lord. Amen? Amen. So I just believe that the Lord is speaking to some of us today, even right now. That even though you think that you, you have so much fear and that you are ashamed, maybe, or some things, I don't know. But, but God knows. And in her shame, in her fear, she was trembling. She came to Jesus and she touched Jesus. Hallelujah. And I sense the Lord even asking us, even this morning, is anyone here? want to come and touch me today. The Lord is here and the Lord is waiting for us to come. Now, the, why I say that? Because the Lord, God, our, our God is a gentleman. So this, uh, in, in a way of explaining, it's like a gentleman. He won't force his way on you, right? He will say, I'm here, come to me, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's read on in verses 29 and verse 30. What happened after that? When she came, she touched Jesus because in her mind, maybe I just touched la, his garments, the, the tassels, la, I will be healed. So she came with that little mustard seed faith, you understand? That small little faith that she had, mixed together with all her fear and her shame and her condition. She had that little mustard seed faith. She came. So what happened? Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt it in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, if you think about it, right, according to the law of that day, right, remember I said it earlier, if you read Leviticus, right, if someone is unclean, anything that he or she touches or sits on becomes unclean. If she touched Jesus, won't Jesus be unclean? By, by law, alright? But in this case, it was an exchange. Yes, supposedly, but instead, Jesus made her clean. Hallelujah. So, because of who Jesus, because she touched Jesus, huh? because she didn't touch other people, she touched Jesus. That's right. Okay? Maybe you touch other things, you'll still become unclean. And you make other people unclean. So, but you touch Jesus, Jesus make you clean. Hallelujah. And because of the power of God, that it, it, it wasn't according to the law of the day. Instead, it was according to the power of the Lord. Amen. So, when she touched his garment, of course, Jesus wasn't made unclean, but Jesus instead made the woman whole. So when we come to Jesus with our uncleanness, it can be sin, it can be doubt, it can be like it can be unbelief, it can be anything. It doesn't make Jesus a sinner. So don't worry about Jesus. Church, okay? I've heard Pastor Sandra say this many times when of course in our growing years, Jesus is not afraid of your sin. Understand? Don't, don't think that you can come to God and Jesus will, oh, your sin, oh, your, this is what you did yesterday. No, He can take it all. He can take it all. Amen. Instead, He wants to make us clean. Hallelujah. So when a woman was healed at that moment, the Bible says immediately, immediately. It wasn't just the woman who knew it happened. She felt something in her body. That fountain dried up. Okay. So, so uh, she felt it in her body. But Jesus also felt it in his body. Now, I do not know how, what, okay, honestly, I cannot imagine what Jesus is trying to say. He felt power went out from his body. Now, 
in the Bible, I have not read any other times that Jesus said that. So it's probably one of the only ex- story in the Bible that Jesus said, I felt power had gone up for me. Alright? So we do not know exactly what it means, but it's the only miracle and healing in the whole ministry of Jesus or even anyone else in the Bible that mentions this. So it was that powerful when the woman touched Jesus. So in the, the woman, as unclean as she was, but because she stepped out of faith to touch Jesus, it was so powerful that even Jesus himself is saying that it was powerful. Alright? Amen. So Jesus asked, who touched my clothes? Now, I don't think, okay, so I think Jesus, what Jesus really meant was, who touched me on my clothes? Because the point is not the clothes, right? Okay, so the point is not the clothes. So the goal, her goal, this woman's goal was not to touch Jesus' clothes, you know. Her, her goal was to touch Jesus, but she didn't dare to even touch Jesus. So she touched the clothes. So the clothes just happened to be the way to bring her to Jesus. So, because this woman was embarrassed and thought that her uncleanness meant that no one would let her touch Jesus, she did it secretly. So when Jesus asked that, Jesus was trying to bring her to a certain place, more than just the healing that she needs in her body. So yes, she came to Jesus secretly, but Jesus did it on purpose. He asked, who touched my clothes? Do you think Jesus didn't know who touched his clothes? Okay, I'm sure we all know the answer. Jesus, of course, obviously knew who touched. But why did Jesus ask, who touched my clothes? Alright? Okay, so we will look at that in a little while. But I want us to read the next two more scripture In verse 31 and 32. But his disciples said to him, you see la, so many people around you, Jesus. Are you? I can imagine them at the time. You mean Jesus? You're asking us now who touched you? And everyone is like, hmm, around Jesus. Okay, like imagine uh, okay, that day, okay? A lot, a lot of people. And you ask me who touched me? But Jesus ignored them. You know, do you know that? I like it. He, he ignored them and he just kept on looking for the woman. You all don't understand one. <laughs> so maybe like that, okay? You all just don't understand, yeah? So he kept, he was looking around. He wanted to find the woman who had done this thing. So, this was now, before the woman revealed himself. Of course, Jesus knew exactly already who touched. Again, he asked the question, who touched my clothes for her benefit? He wanted her to know not only about her healing, he wanted to affirm her as a daughter in the faith. Amen? Amen. So the disciples were amazed, of course, that Jesus asked this question. And given the situation, yeah, they cannot understand Jesus. They said, Jesus, I think you're a bit sell. Okay. So, but the disciples didn't understand. What did they not understand? What did they not understand is there is a difference between having a crowd around Jesus, thronging him and bumming into him and someone actually reaching out and touching Jesus by faith. That is what they didn't understand, alright? There were many people around Jesus, including the disciples themselves, all around Him, touching Him, Jesus, Jesus, but there's a difference between bumming into Jesus, just happened to touch Jesus, and reaching out in faith and touching Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we can imagine someone who because of the crowd, right, 
bumped against Jesus. So the disciples were talking about that. Jesus, so many people bumped into you. What do you mean who? Okay? But when the woman's miracle was revealed, okay, it was not about the bumming. It was someone touched me. Alright? Okay, so Jesus was looking for that woman. So church, my brothers and sisters, joy. There is a huge difference between bumming into Jesus here and there, sometimes, sometimes not, and reaching out to touch Him in faith. We, you and I, can come to church week after week. Do you know that? And we can just bump into Jesus here and there. We can come to next week, next week, we are coming, we are just bumming into Jesus. But this, so what the Lord has reminded me, Joy, is isn't the same as reaching out to me in faith. So it is not every contact with Christ that saves men. It is the determinate, the personal, the resolute, the believing touch of Jesus which saves lives. Hallelujah. And even this, even every time we open the altar for prayer, every time, the Lord is already here. He is here, right in our face. So when we worship Him, the word worship means we prostrate ourselves in front of Jesus. The question is, are we here? The Lord is here, but are we here? Are we really worshipping the Lord? Do we really want all that the Lord has for us today? Not yesterday, not tomorrow. I don't bother tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll have tomorrow's blessings and tomorrow's word for us, right? We need the rhema word of God every day. But today, hallelujah. We cannot depend on last Sunday's word, last Sunday's anointing, last Sunday's healing. But we need it for today. That's why we do church. That's why we are here. Because we are not going to be here wasting our time bumming into Jesus every Sunday. Enough of bumming. What we want is to touch Jesus by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the question for all of us, question for myself, that the Lord has asked me, are you the thronging and the pressing crowd that just happened to bump into Jesus? Or are you that woman full of fear, full of uncleanness, that's what the world calls her, not worthy of anything, outcast for 12 years, seems useless to everyone else? Are you, or are you that woman who's coming by faith, reaching out to touch Jesus? And even if your theology is wrong, and even if you only touch the hem of His garment. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 verse 6. XTV, you can help me. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So I believe even as we have come to church this morning, even if the mustard seed faith, remember I said, sometimes I say, God, with my mustard seed faith, what can you do with it, Lord? The Lord says, I can move mountains. Hallelujah. With your mustard seed faith, the Lord can move mountains for you. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder. The Lord is your rewarder. The Lord is your rewarder. He is able. He is able to do it for you of all of us who diligently seek Him. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to move on. So, after that, what happens? But the woman in verse 33, so XTV, we can put up verse 33 and 34. The final two verses in this short, short story. Okay? So again, earlier on, the disciples asking him, Jesus, why are you asking me this question? Why are you asking us this question? So they don't understand that there's a difference. Jesus knew the difference. And he looked around and he was trying to find the woman. Now, we'll go back to the question why Jesus asked that question, who touched me, right? 
Verse 33, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what had happened to her, she came again for the second time, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her in verse 34, beautiful word, daughter. And I think the Lord wants to speak to some of us today, my son, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So, coming back to the question, why Jesus asked who? When he already knew who and why? Why did Jesus ask? So, Jesus made her come to him again. Do you know that? She secretly touched Jesus, got healed, and then she wanted to go home quietly and secretly, right? Jesus didn't want her to live that kind of life, right? Jesus wanted to seal it for her. Want her to set her free completely. So, Jesus made her go through all that again because he knew who she was and she knew who she was. She knew her condition, all right? Now, it might seem at that time to the disciples and to the crowd that Jesus was embarrassing her, correct or not? Now, but sometimes when we think that God is putting us in an embarrassing time, wait first, all right? The Lord has a plan. So, but that wasn't the purpose at all. So Jesus did it for a few reasons. Firstly, Jesus did it so that she would know that she was healed. Now, of course, it's the Bible says that she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Memang her theology a bit salade, right? Okay, so I'm not sure what she would think next. Oh, maybe it's the baju, maybe it's the clothes that healed me. Okay, okay I'm, just, I'm just imagining, all right? Okay, but this woman was just like all of us, right? Sometimes, even when we receive our breakthrough, we go home and we doubt, isn't it? Mm. Sometimes we doubt, oh, did we, did, am I really healed? Maybe maybe the flow of blood will come back again one day. Oh, no, normal, lah, normal. Okay. So she is just like all of us. She might wonder whether the ailment will come back again. But Jesus told her, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So Jesus called her out so that she would absolutely know that she was healed. Not just felt and think and wonder if she was really healed. Okay? Firstly. Secondly, Jesus did it so that other people, all the disciples and the crowd would know that she was healed. Now, because of her condition, she was considered outcast and unclean. Hence, she could just come and claim, oh, I'm clean, Jesus healed me. Do you think other people will believe her? They will still probably want to outcast her because afraid that she would make them unclean. So, Jesus did it so that others would know. Jesus also wanted her to know why. Now, listen to what Jesus told her. When Jesus said in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. So, Jesus wanted her to affirm her that it wasn't because touching of the clothes of Jesus that made her well. It was her faith in Jesus. And Jesus wanted her to continue to have faith in Him. Amen? Just like what He wants for all of us today. And Jesus didn't want her to think she stole a blessing. So all of us today, we don't have to leave here today thinking that, ah, we stole, ah, okay lah, if I got a little bit, can already. No, Jesus want her to have it all, right? That she don't have to look, that she, when she see, happen to see Jesus down the street again, she can look Jesus in the eye, that she didn't come behind and stole a blessing, right? She didn't steal anything, but instead she, she was a daughter of the faith and she received it by faith. So no matter, I don't know who this word is for, no matter how you feel about yourself, that you're not worthy. You're not worthy to receive the healing from the Lord. You're not worthy to receive that breakthrough. But I just want you to know that Jesus, 
who has affirmed her is affirming you that you do not need to think that you have to steal a blessing from the Lord. The Lord wants to give it to you freely. Amen. Amen. And you know what? As I mentioned earlier on, this story was sandwiched in another story. What happened to Jairus or this warrior? He was the one who asked Jesus to follow him to his house to heal his little daughter who is dying. And in the midst of it, right, got this woman who come and touch Jesus and then Jesus stopped and Jesus asked who and then after that wait for her to come and then talk, 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 talk some more. How do you feel he felt? Huh? Oh my word, I can imagine he was like, Jesus, let's go. Jesus, oh no, my daughter is dying, my daughter is dying. And because this woman, because of this woman, I don't know. But I felt when Jesus said that, he was also trying to encourage Jairus, don't worry, Jairus, Jesus will heal, I will heal. She, your daughter, can be healed too. So sometimes Jesus calls us out. Sometimes we, when we take a step of faith, we are encouraging another brother or sister. Amen? Amen. So Jesus did it because she want, He wanted to bless her in a special way. Now, this term daughter, right? Your faith has made you well. Again, from what I have read, it was it's also the only time Jesus used this term. There was no other record and no other person that Jesus has called daughter except for this woman. Isn't it amazing? Jesus had done something so special for this woman and he can do the same for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you're not excited, I am. Hallelujah. So, Jesus may ask us to do things that sometimes, I say it again, seems embarrassing. For example, sometimes I don't know how you feel. I felt the same way too. Coming out to the altar, even just to pray together, it can be sometimes quite daunting and embarrassing. Okay? I'll share, if I share a little bit, alright? And um, what more? Sometimes even doing ministry after the message, you know, when we open the altar, I share this because it's from experience. I myself have felt embarrassed too. Like, oh, does it mean? Or oh, what do people think about me and all? Sometimes it may seem... You know what? Jesus called this woman to come again. She did the first round. She felt embarrassed already, right? And ashamed already. And she touched Jesus, right? She had to do it again. Why if she didn't come out again? Then uh, she won't get to hear what Jesus said to her. The daughter, your faith has made you well. And that is the only, she was the only person who could have heard it. And that was how special it was. So if she was so afraid after, because she probably thought that she touched Jesus and she healed, uh, Jesus won't know, you know. She didn't know that Jesus will know. You understand what I mean? So suddenly when Jesus also said, somebody touched me, I felt power. She said, like, oh my, okay, she's like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have done this, I should have made, maybe. And then Jesus said, who touched me? And then he didn't want to continue. He stopped and he looked around, waiting for the person to admit herself. Oh man. I can imagine she felt so embarrassed. But you know what? I thought, like, God, why you make her go through all this? Yeah? Because Jesus wants to affirm her. So what did she do? Praise God. She came twice in this short passage. And this time round, she fell down before Jesus and she told him the whole truth. I'm not sure how long that conversation went by but she probably poured out everything to Jesus and said, Jesus, for 12 years, I suffered with this. Blah, 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 to Jesus. When was the last time you told God the whole truth? Jesus, did you just stop her? Stop the woman. I know everything. You know you tell me. 
Sometimes I do that to my children. Okay, okay, now I know. Because impatient, ma, I want to move on, isn't it? But Jesus is not like me. Hallelujah. Jesus will hear everything that you have to say. You say, oh, you are my mother, my father, whatever. Just come to Jesus and tell Jesus. Amen. I will join to a close already. Now, as I said that, you know, I, I, it was from personal experience because growing up as well, um, and um, growing up as well, I, I came to know the Lord when I was 13. Any 13-year-olds? I know God, yeah? 13. And um, like Elder Pingho mentioned, I think during his Christmas message, no hoo-ha one, my salvation story. Not like, you know, I went to jail and then... <laughs> so no, no hoo-ha. Um, born, well, raised in a so-called Christian family. Of course, there's one, another time I'll share other, that, that, that story. Okay, grew up going to church and learning about God through Sunday school and all, all right? And uh, reading the Bible, yeah. Um, but never had a personal relationship until I was 13. And interestingly, I, I, I prayed the salvation prayer through a track. So have you all seen the four spiritual laws before? Four spiritual laws, yeah? Okay. Believe it or not, it was the four spiritual laws. I read it by myself and I prayed by myself. Hallelujah. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Okay? So I didn't even remember that incident or that, that experience, that, that, that incident. I didn't remember. So I joined my, I was in a Chinese school. Huh, believe it or not. Okay? From Penang. And, um, and I joined the school Christian fellowship. Praise God for Christian fellowship. Alright? So in this Chinese school, and they have a very strong, uh, you know, um, willingness to go and chuan fu ying, you all know, right? Share the gospel. And there are lots of tracks at that time. You can play, huh? Okay, lots of tracks. And uh, I just one day, oh, and then someone is in Chinese, you know, oh, yo, I know Chinese, but I'm not that good in Chinese. I can. But, so I, I got English one and Chinese one. So I took the English one, I read myself, and I gave my heart to the Lord. But I didn't know that that was considered, um, you know, uh, uh, coming to the Lord, giving your heart to the Lord. Okay, and then a year later, my family moved to another church, alright? So we came from a Catholic background to Methodist to Baptist background into a church that welcomes the Holy Spirit to move. And um, so during that time, I still remember there was a speaker who came. And I know that there was a hunger in my heart for the Lord, okay? Although I know God and I have also given my heart to the Lord, but there was no that personal relationship with God. I was, I had never, I was never uh, baptised in the Holy Spirit, alright? And there was no change yet in my life, alright? So the change happened only after I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. So I still remember the speaker, his name, his face, other than that, I don't remember anything much. But because it was so significant in my life. So, when he opened the altar and he was teaching about the Holy Spirit. Alright? So, I remember the song, but I remember the songs. Okay? Okay. I just, I felt, uh, I just want more of God. You know what? At that age, I was um, 14. I hardly, I know hardly a lot about the Bible. Theology may be also a bit wrong and salah. It doesn't matter, right? But all we want is Jesus. So, I remember coming up for prayer and I didn't do anything. It wasn't anything in my own strength. But the power of God just took over. Pah! Stay on the floor, filled with the Holy Spirit. And it went on because He came and there was like a few days and nights of, you know, coming to church and listening to the Word. And from that time onwards, every other Sunday, in worship itself, even doing every Sunday, in worship, normal Sunday worship, I will just worship the Lord. And it is in worship that I... I... I was filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues and my life has never been the same again. So there's no 
hoo-ha, like I said again, although God used different people, God used my church, my home church, God used this invited speaker that we had, but it was just a simple obedience, just like the woman, in trembling, in fear. But for me, I took that step of faith. I came to the front to be prayed for. But I, was, I fell in the presence of the Lord and after that, it was just the Holy Spirit taking over my life. Amen? Amen. And since then onwards, the moment you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you will know that there is that difference in your life, that you are different. So I remember waking up every other morning after that and I can hear the birds. I want to say that I cannot hear the birds uh, earlier on. But you just don't notice some things in life. Your life has changed and you know that you have a purpose in your life and you know that you have a Father God who loves you and that everything is going to be okay because of Father God in my life. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information on our church, please visit xchurch.org. We are also active on Facebook and Instagram. We're believing that this week is going to be a good week ahead for you. God bless. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.